0: and gents what's good people it's reg it's stone and usually i crack a little jokey joke but today i think we're gonna kind of start off on a somber tone uh rest in peace gangsta boo i know we were all kind of hung over over 2022 into 2023 celebrations i know we we're probably all feeling good it was a sunday a lot of people had no work that day and then you know when i saw that music kind of you know bothered the fuck out of me only because a, you know, uh, I think there's an argument to be made that the last 10 years that hip hop has strictly been off the backs of three, six mafia. Um, B, she was always a heavily underrated female MC MC period. Actually. I hate when I do that. And then C, it seemed like she was finally getting a flower. So it, it kind of sucks to lose somebody so young and just like kind of just like restarting their career
1: yeah this is this is crazy and you know i think one of the things that i don't know just like bugs me is that you know i i I thought that you know 2022 we had a lot of death and i think you know 2023 unfortunately is starting off on not such a such a great note right and who knows how gangsta boo die i i generally don't care but it's just like one of those things where you know she was very young and like you said, like she she was getting her flowers, and she was kind of popping up again. She like was performing like two days ago. So you know, it's just kind of one of those things where you you realize your own mortality, and you kind of realize like you know we really have to to like I think just cherish what we have in the space in terms of art, right? Because it's not eternal. It, it's it's not promised, and I think you know. Gangsta Boot, I'm going to be honest. Like, I haven't really like, you know, like listened to her work or like, you know, just like thought about her in a number of years. And I don't know. I just feel like we just need to do a better job of, um, especially people like who are trailblazers, uh, recognizing and promoting and lifting up uh, artists and um, not doing it now <laughs> after they passed <laughs> away. You know. Yeah. No. So yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it sucks. It's it's the idea of where, like I said, time is fleeting and we kind of have to start to, I think in general, I think, and hip-hop kind of tends to be not so great with this because, you know, I think there's a little bit of gallows humor happening just because in general, you know, the way the kind of the world works, you know, it seems like, you know, Black Lives kind of t- tend to kind of get snuffed out a little bit early. But I think it's kind of nice that, you know, she's starting to get her flowers, but I think we have to do better with kind of giving it to them when they're around. I could tell you this much. Um, Six Mafia is probably one of my favorite groups. But the irony of that is the fact that it took me a little while to get to them. Only because, you know, I was a New York kid, New York bias, you know, everything that's not New York sucks, blah, blah, blah. So it's only maybe around, like, two-way freak, like, let's say the late, very late 90s, early aughts, where I started kind of having my ear towards it, and then, you know, obviously, yeah, Three, Six, My freak kind of blow up, you know, have an MTV show, so I started kind of listen to them more, but it is kind of fascinating to kind of see, you know, just how ubiquitous that sound was. And like Gangsta Boo was probably, I can't say probably. She was the best rapper there. It's probably Gangsta Boo and Project Pat. And with yeah. me, Project Pat is more like the flow. And there's tracks where she ate Project Pat. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of, again, you know, it's kind of it was cool seeing her do a drink champs. It was cool seeing her showing up on fucking like these new songs. Um, I, I saw Glorilla, which I kind of thought was kind of very appropriate where... You know, sadly enough, you could tell how people are like by not necessarily the condolences, but the people kind of talking about the interactions with them. Yeah. So you know, I saw Glorilla. So sort of basically, show up a, a text message from her like very early on when fucking Gaffrey was blowing up. Once I'm like, yo, come through, yada yada yada, like showing love. I love the fact that she was always somebody where you know picking up all the young MCs behind her. Like she was, she was like, yo, I know I saw her this shit, but everybody behind me like by making these styles i love them all like she just was a really good like person person like i've seen some young journalists talk about basically how she was just like a really cool interviewer was on some like let's chop it up and you know just not just not not industry very yeah in very southern in all the good stereotypical ways you expect just (laughs) gracious and you know it kind of sucks and i you know like, it, it kind of, I'll be honest with you, it bummed me out. Like, I, I saw that shit yesterday and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, fuck this year already. And I just think that, and I think we, we, we'll see. I think all of us, us included, kind of have to sit there and kind of recognize the music that kind of made us, you know, the music that was our childhood, you know, because like I said, without a, a gangsta boo, like hip hop would not be the way it is. Like, you know, that flow, that certain things you kind of add to the game where it would be fundamentally different. And it's nice nice that she got it towards the end, but, you know, that should have been there. And I'm hoping that we do better in 2023. Yeah, for sure. But uh, but that's it. We're going to start off. We have many lists for you. Many long lists about our personal opinion. You know, some trolley, some real. You know, we're going to hit you with that Rolling Stone gonna hit you with that pitchfork gonna hit you with that complex you know what i'm saying our top 10s i know you're all waiting for it you know the best the scientifically proven (laughs) you know we went down to the very molecules the sound waves we studied of the top (laughs) 10 albums of 2022 but before that we'll talk about records that you will not see on these lists records that you know were really dope i think the issue is that you know the way the game is now streaming we're fucking band camp we're fucking just like anybody could put anything up on a tiktok there's been a glut of great music i think there's always been a glut yeah. of great music but the idea that there's no gatekeeper is saying well you are signed and you're not signed and you know you're in albuquerque so nobody cares about your band or your fucking songs like that's gotten flatter which is a great thing but as a result, I think there's a lot of great records that have come out and they kind of got lost in the noise. And in this podcast, before we get into all the end of the year lists and shout outs, I wanted to kind of dedicate, we wanted to dedicate a podcast to just, you know, literally undervalued, underappreciated records that came out this year. For sure. Cool. Let's get cracking. Let's get cracking. I'm going to start off with Viagra Boys Cave World. Viagra Boys are, I will not call it jokey bands. But they're a punk band that, you know, the guy's obviously overweight, kind of doesn't wear a shirt off. A lot of the songs tend to be kind of tongue-in-cheek. Their big hit song with a song called Sports, which is basically making fun of, like, macho men. So they kind of do a thing of where they kind of embody the stereotypes, but also poke fun at the stereotypes. Um, their record this year was a record called Cave World, which I loved. Um... It's political, but for lowercase P, basically the idea behind Cave World is that there's a group of people out there who want to bring us back to the Stone Ages, as far as humanity's concerns, as far as talk are concerns. So um, it's just a great little political record, not really over the head. You know, a lot of great little songs about, you know, people who are always online, people who fall into like, you know, who get indoctrinated f- through all the propaganda, people who are just outright terrible people. And like it's a really well-formed album. What I love about it is that for all the jokey jokes and the fun punk songs, in the very end, there's a little spoken word point about a, a mass murder, which kind of sounds, I guess, brings you back to reality where with all the jokey jokes that happened, you know, on this record and the other records, that there's definitely a serious slant to it all and a reason why they create the art. So this is the kind of record where I think that, you know, I guess for the worst reasons, I expected to hear a lot more of during the Trump years and the post-Trump years. And it's one of the better ones, so shouts to them. Cool, cool.
1: Uh, Alright, cool. I'll, I'll kick off my end uh, with a, uh EP from a UK duo called J. Du Heart. Uh Basically art school duo. <laughs> which <laughs> the, you, will, you will see another UK art school duo on this list, which is actually kind of funny. <laughs> but uh, basically... It's a
0: magical th- combination. Like that's the... I was thinking about... We'll talk about that later, but... The, the art school duo, male, female, mwah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, like, you know, I would say, like, these guys are doing some psych rock. They're doing some kind of like 90s grunge. They're kind of doing some post punk. Um, it's, you know, very kind of uh, you know, rock forward, but they basically will like record guitar riffs and stuff and then sample those riffs and kind of make it a little bit more electronic. So um, it's a really interesting combination and in production process. One of the things that I think is the most unique, and I'm still trying to figure out who does what, but, like, basically, you know, when you have a duo, usually, and it's a guy and a girl, it's, like, the guy, it's the, the production person, genius, behind the boards, and the girl's, like, the singer. And it's kind of flipped, where, like, the guy's doing way more singing here. I'm assuming, like, the female are, you know... Artist is doing like a little bit more kind of production, guitar, etc. So I like to see that as well. You know, it's like kind of flipping, flipping the norm with these kind of guy girl combinations. So uh, it's a really cool EP. I really like them. It's definitely a little grungy, kind of like throwback to that that era, but it's kind of modern at the same time. So yeah, nah, no, check them out.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. On my end, next one is Flo Millie. You still here, comma ho? (laughs) Um, Yeah, no. Fulmilly's very, very dope. Um, It's interesting just because she's got a very unique, I guess, worldview. Where you know, obviously, hip hop was kind of born of bringing being bragging and being better than you and boasting. What I love about like her worldview is almost as if like like the Mean Girls rap, like from like the Mean Girls movie, they could actually (laughs) rap. So it's very much, almost unnecessary necessarily vocal fire, but very much like a matter of fact, like I am just flyer than you. And I kind of love that it's just boastful hip hop, like the like very essence like the very essence of hip hop. Um, and like I said, it's just jamming. Like she's got dope songs here. The beats are dope. It's something where I feel like there should be more eyes on it. I don't know exactly why. You know, she signed to a major. You know, I could always throw out the fact of, well, maybe because she's, you know, she's more dark-skinned and, you know, da 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 but either way, it's just like the idea here is the fact that she's a very, very, very dope MC. And I think that, you know, if you listen to, if you want to hear like 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 aggressive, barred up, but fun hip hop, Flo Millie, like she's your one stop show. So, you know, shouts, shouts to her for that record.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of crazy. There, There's a, a I wouldn't say a surplus of female rappers, but like it's, it's good to kind of see so many different emerging female MCs. Uh, And Flo Millie is in a weird place where she's kind of, um, you know, obviously she's not a veteran yet, but she's been out here for longer than a lot of, like, you know, kind of people have been in the game. So definitely want to make sure that she she's out there and she gets lifted up. So for sure. Um, So I'm actually going to talk about another UK (laughs) art school duo um, with Reggie's favorite name for band ever. (laughs) (laughs) Jockstrap. (laughs) Um, not a punk band Um, definitely uh, a little bit more on your kind of electronic I I, I would say like almost what you expect a a kind of a male female duo to be Um, you know I would say Fantagram is probably a good comparison in that regard but um, this I Love You Jennifer B Like is a little bit more rock-ish I would say Um, their last EP, Wicked City, which I like a little bit more. It's, like, blending in a little bit more hip-hop and electronic. Um, They also work with, like, Injury Reserve, like, you know, so I thought it was really cool. But I do like this group. It's definitely kind of a mix of different genres and a mix of kind of different things. And I think when you have, like, that two-person format, since you are limited in the amount of, like, things you can do, it makes the, the music a little bit more creative and constrained because you're, you know, like like you're playing all the instruments you're sampling back things you're kind of like you know playing around with different things you don't have like two other people like you know <laughs> two other cooks in the kitchen telling you what to do you, you know. got
0: to add more snare man my snare's too low baby i didn't it should be all snares no no bass drum just snares there's that one snare I sniffle yesterday
1: so uh so yeah no so really like this group uh, i would like i guess I, I would definitely say I love you, Jeremy B. I think it's it's a, it's a good work. It's a really cool EP. Um, but I would say check out their Wicked City EP first for sure.
0: Yeah. No, for me, this is a very late discovery, even though we've talked about in podcasts, you know me, I was like jockstrap. I was like, what, what in the pop punk hell is this shit? You know, and then, you know, obviously with that, that image, you know, I imagine like, you know, four schlubby dudes in the van somewhere. (laughs) And then surprise, surprise, like Stone said, when I saw pop art, pop duo, I was like, this is me. I was like, how could you, how could you, what false advertising, what false advertising? But yeah, no, it's, there's a lot of really dope stuff here. I saw some, you know. It's interesting because I saw a lot of interesting comparisons to them. I think somebody referred them to, like, um, Head, which, I mean, not really. No. But it kind of shows you what they're kind of, like, working with, whereas it's like, you know you have the idea of we're making these pop songs, we're making these, you know, we've got some quote unquote traditional song structures, but we're doing a lot of experimentation around there. We're doing a lot of interesting things around there. It's not just like, you know, a couple of happy melodies, a bridge, and me just hopping up and down and singing on it. So, you know, just a really, really dope record. Like I said, for me, it's very late, cause you know, apparently I'm a stereotypical ignorant bastard. Cause when I saw Jack Trap, I was like, it's gotta be crap. But uh, you know, call me the fool. This is a s- really dope.
1: S- 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 <laughs>
0: uh, for me, I guess the next one is 700 Bliss. Uh, more Mother. It's kind of become. I don't want to say a genre onto herself, but definitely somebody who's kind of larger than life. Um, a lot of work has been written about her, like jazzier stuff. Um, I think that was kind of gotten lost in the sausage. It kind of came out from more experiment, experimental artists, a lot more electronic you know, experimental shit under her her background that tends to be her regular albums. Um, there's a DJ out there, DJ Haram, I believe, Jersey-based, who kind of does some experimental production, but also has a foot firmly in the club. So they have a group called 700 Bliss. I believe this is the second release that came out this year. Um, and this is dope. Like, she's a dope producer. The beats are dope. And you've got more mother, like... I, I, it's interesting because... I think what kind of gets lost in the sauce and I've been thinking about is the idea of, right, all right, she's a poet, right? So More Mother is a poet in a place of where generally, you know, poets crossing over into musical mainstream stuff is kind of seen as corny. we all seen the corny boho jokes of poetry back in the days. But I think what kind of makes More Mother or even, let's say, Saul Williams or certain poets kind of cross over is they've got, like, this worldview, particularly in in More Mother, this, this voice, this urgency that's kind of happening where it just feels very, like, alive, where you don't really fall into the poetry stereotypes of, like, you know, poet-slash-musician-type poet mu- stuff. Yeah. And that's the thing about Moore Mother is, like, when she speaks to you, it literally feels like the ancestors are just looking down above. Like, it's a godly voice, like a Chuck D, like a gang star. Like, it's just... Mwah. It's like the tones of it is just glorious, and, like, and she uses it with such force, whereas it's like and, like... and like she said herself, she's like a punk rock kid. It is, comes at you with this aggression, but just, like, almost, like... Not even aggression, but the strength, I should say, is probably better. So, you know, props to her, props to them for that record. I feel like it was a little slept on. I feel like probably people will kind of pay a lot more attention to her jazz stuff, at least from what I've seen on the year-end list. But this was a great record.
1: Word. I will definitely check that out, for sure. Um, So next for me is uh, artist uh, Lady Ray, who is actually, she's been around for a long time. She put out her first album in 98. She was signed to Misty Elliott's label um back in the day i think she's saying some background from for, for like missy's tracks and you know never kind of got that career that kind of got off the ground i know she does a lot of songwriting things like that um but i think this album called piece of me which is i i would say like you know there's some some stuff there on here that has some streams so i don't know how underheard it is but i don't see her in the conversation um really great amazing r&b um uh, I would say it's definitely kind of the R&B template, but I think Ray brings like some uniqueness to it, some authenticity authenticity to it. And, you know, kind of it's playing around with kind of the same notes, but making new melodies and making new art. So, um, you know, I I think it's definitely in that lane of kind of like more of your, I would say Jasmine Sullivan's, your Mary J's, uh, things like that. I think this album would kind of sit like right alongside it. But I think there's something that's like, you know, like you're cooking with the same ingredients but you add a little extra, right? There's always something that <laughs> <laughs> um you know, a product a producer or a singer, a uh, songwriter can bring to the game um that can kind of flip things out. So, uh through it all is one of my favorite uh tracks of of the year. Um piece of me, the the is, you know, fair I I would say like Again, like, a a very structured, very cool R&B kind of throwback track. But it feels throwback, um, but in a very authentic way. It's not, like, you know, Silk Sonic, which I think was a little bit, like, throwback, but, like, campy. (laughs) Vegas, baby! (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you know, (laughs) this is definitely, like, oh, I, like, you know, went in a coma in 1973 and woke up. You know, (laughs) that's how it feels to me. But I also have, like, access to, like, the latest... Ao8s (laughs) Ao8s and <laughs> the latest like <laughs> production suites, you know. So um, yeah, no, definitely check it out. It's really cool. A very underheard artist. Um, and again, she's been like she put out her first album in, like '98, which is completely different. You know, she was trying to do like that whole like what you do as pop R and B in like the '90s Destiny's Child type of type of vibe. Um, and I think she's finally kind of found her 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 groove here with Piece of Me. So definitely check it out.
0: Awesome! 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 Uh, mine is Kel Chris, um, long term underground rapper. Uh, I guess would have be having a, a, a fantastic two thousand twenty, no matter twenty-two, no matter what, because uh, there's a little long, little not that well-known singer um, named Beyonce <laughs> that basically gave him a writing credit because she borrowed a melody line from one of his songs, "Whole." So I, I think no matter what this year would have been wow. a great one for him as far as the bag is concerned. But um, I just want to kind of shout this album out. I think a lot of hip-hop albums tend to be very esoteric. Let me me rewind this a little bit. So, again, underground hip-hop head, you know, a lot of the the barbers thrown towards underground hip-hop I think are definitely untrue, but I will say that at times it does get a little pretentious. You know, sometimes you have the whole, we've got to have a concept album, and this album's going to be about, you know, you know, the Nile Africa, this album's gonna be about and you know, yada, yada, yada. What I like about Kel Chris is he's somebody where he has made some albums along those lines, which are a little bit, let's say, you know, focused and this body of work with this kind of continuous idea. I think he had a record called I think Guns about literally about gun violence. Um, what I liked about that Fame is that it's a chill record. You know, there might be some themes on there, you know, definitely, you know, you can't say, I don't think there's any art for any themes per se. But this kind of reminds me of, like, the cool tapes back in the days when I was, you know, the little Walkman. You put it in there, and it's just, like, 40 minutes of dope music. And it's, like, you know, there's a posse cut on there with Pink Sifu. Is this a dope, solid hip-hop record that's just concerned about being a dope, solid hip-hop record? And I loved it a lot. So, shots to him.
1: Word, word. Uh, cool. So, keep it moving with me. Um, you've heard me talk about this album. <laughs> Way too much this year, um, like uh, Yaya Bay. Um, Remember your North Star. I think even Yaya Bay is like, damn. You talking about this album a lot, um, but uh, hands down, my 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 favorite R and B album of this year. Yaya Bay is an artist from Brooklyn, and you know, I I would say this album is so unique in a lot of ways. I think the production. It's really interesting. she plays with a lot of sounds and textures um and it feels very intentional on a production side um and again like r and b is like you can easily make a, a copycat album of like a Ari Linux or like something like that, but I think like she brings something very interesting and new to the game. um I think she's a really good storyteller. I think like you know you kind of feel like. You know, she talks about like men ain't shit, right, but you kind of feel that like she adds a little weight to her storytelling um it's very black it's very like in not like in your face, but it's very much like bearing her soul type of type of vibe, um you know, just kind of the way that she talks about you know this person not liking her, um but she has all the things she has like you know the ya ya she had like whatever, but you you still don't like me it's just like a, it's a very interesting. Um, just like a way of of kind of storytelling and centering herself and kind of centering like you know I think like the narrative that she's trying to tell Uh, and again like I think the production is you know it's not experimental but there's a lot of things that she's playing around with that uh, I think like you know other are like I don't want to say I'll just say like she's she's like bringing something like very unique and experimental to to the game but it doesn't sound like experimental, experimental it's very accessible it's a very good listen. Um, there's just like so many head nodding tracks on this on this album, and you know it, I keep. It's funny because the, the Spotify algorithm, for some reason, keeps playing it over and over for me, and I got mad <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm gonna listen to some Radiohead so I can just dis- distract <laughs> <laughs> this algorithm. You know, I'm gonna listen to <laughs> like you know Deftones or like whatever, um, but i i think now i'm just kind of like every time i hear like a few tracks i'm like oh man this is this is this is great like um so you know if you like uh like salt like i almost compare it to salt like the production style where it's just like familiar yet different um i would say that it's it's the same here and again like the narrative that she creates is like really interesting so um yeah definitely check it out if i haven't pestered you to check it out already
0: Uh, on my end, Wooloo Loggerhead. Wulu is a beat maker from London. Do a lot of hip-hop shit. Um, this latest record, he kind of branches out. Um, you know, I feel like at this point, it's a cliche. You know, it's got some rock music. It's got this. It's got some electronic. Um, what I love about this record is the fact of where... And I think that it's interesting to me because a lot of artists where their identity is a city. Like, when you think about, like, fucking... Chili Peppers, that's L.A. You know, you think about Dipset, that's Harlem. You think about Interpol, that's very, you know, cool, underground, t- 2 a.m. party in New York, you know. And what I love about this record is the idea of where, even though it dabbles in genre, I'll tell you two things. One, even though it's dabbling in genre, it's very firmly black music, and it's also very firmly London. So it's it just sounds like this little weird, like, like summation of what's happening in that city, like Black London, right about now, in 2022. And as a result, I love it because it's like its own insular world. It's weird because it feels like the record that would have blown up really big, let's say, 10 years ago in the blog era, per se. Because you know they always loved that. Well, you know it's 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 got a little post punk. It's it's <laughs> it's it's a minority. It's it, but it's not too. It's it's got these. It's got the white beats to kind of get into, but. I think the reason why is a fact of where like I said, it's it's very mired in blackness. It's it's There's something here where it's not just like, oh we're going to do like indie rock and you know, we're going pairing to that audience and I, I and I wonder if it's that maybe it's because his background in hip-hop is definitely made it's like it's got a crossover potential but it's definitely made for people who fuck with what he's fucking with on a the theme level and I love that a lot about his record. So it's, it's a great record. I think that Particularly, somebody who likes a little bit more, I won't say out there per se, but wants to hear something a little different, but something very firm t- into what you're kind of used to listening to, or, you know, something's a new flip on old things. It's a great record. So, shouts to Wooloo.
1: Yeah, for
0: sure. For sure.
1: Um, cool. So, I am going to keep it moving with uh, my next selection, my next selection, uh, which is Kenny Beats, Louie. Um, I, I don't know how underheard this album is, but it's definitely something where, if you're thinking about Kenny Beats, you're thinking hip hop, you're thinking, you know, like all the production he's done for for different artists, and you're kind of like, oh, well, if he's gonna do a producer album, it's just gonna be some, like some beats, and it's just gonna like get some rappers on there, and it's gonna be like whatever. Um, which this is not the case. Um, this is a very interesting, introspective atmospheric album, um, which is a tribute to his dad. You know, his dad was, was, I guess, diagnosed with cancer and it, it just felt like a mood. It felt like a journey. It felt like he was doing a lot of different things. Um, instrumentation, but also having like hip hop in the background. Um, you know, he had, uh, like guests on the album, but like, you know, it wasn't like a hip hop feature, right? It was like, I think the vocals were kind of like more washed out and kind of like it was less about like having uh, I don't remember who was the guest in the album but like less about having them on the album you know for the flex and more because they contributed to like the the kind of like the, the atmosphere the narrative, narrative that he was trying to create so I thought it was like a, just a really interesting listen and I think if you think about Kenny Beats and you're just kind of like oh man you know like like he you know he's a guy who uh, like works with Vince Staples or he's a guy who works with like you know, like Ray rich or Denzel Curry or Flo Millie, you're expecting like this this kind of hip hop, <laughs> like thing, <laughs> and then you're just kind of like, oh, this is this is diff- this definitely like as the kids say, hits different. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's one of my favorite listens this year, and you know, I, I don't think a lot of people are giving it the credit that's due. I think if it wasn't Kenny Beats, I think more people would be like, like if it was like Mark Mac Demarco or something like that, people would be like, oh man, or Iver, bon they're like, oh, this is this is a masterpiece. But I think. Just because it's Kenny Beats, like people probably weren't picking it up like like they need to. So check it out.
0: Yeah, no, I think you had you nailed it. It's like he's somebody where he's known for like you know, um, you know, making the beats on the fly, you know, whatever genre you need, grab, you know, basically, rapper shows up, they chop it up, crack some jokes, he makes a beat for them the way they want to. I guess tailor made beats, and they rap over it. It's a cute little like twenty minute like you know segment, and I and I think that what's kind of fascinating is because of the backdrop of this being about his dad, is going through a sickness. And this is a, a lot more, I guess, sensitivity. There's a lot more emotion here than what he's kind of used to. And, and I think that it kind of shows, you know, because he's always been, what I love about him as an, as an artist is that he's always been about a flex. It's like, look, I could produce a Rico Nasty album or like all about aggressive rap shit, or I could do fucking, you know, do J- actual bronze and have it be like a whole bunch of samples about silly shit. He's somebody where his diversity has been his big fucking thing as a producer. But I think that what's kind of cool about this is that it shows him diverse in a different way, where it's not about the fact that I could make, you know, a trap beat. I could make a boom-bap beep. I could make an industrial rap beep. Is this the beat? Is this the idea of where, hey, you know, I could make music that does different moods, where, you know, something that's a little more melancholy, something that's a little more upbeat, something that's a little more wistful. And that's what I like about this record. It's a really good showcase for him as a producer. Sure. Um I guess I go to my selection. I actually updated this one because there's two bands kinda in the similar lane. One is called a band called Deets from uh the UK, the other one is Gilliband from Ireland. Um both bands kinda mire the same kind of space. They're boy both both considered noise bands. Well, Deets they're post punk. And there's definitely a post-punk edge to it, you know. You if you're listening to like, let's say, you know, your Interpol, to your Dry Cleaning, to any of the newer UK bands popping out, definitely kind of something you recognize. Definitely part of your vibe. But what I love about it is the fact of where there's always a part every song where like the guitar noise is insane, where you could tell they've destroyed amps and pedals <laughs> to get that sound out. It is, and it's kind of cool because it's a very smooth record. But at the same time, there's always this point of where they're like, "We've got to make it. Just throw them a fucking, throw them a weird fucking curveball, something to kind of fuck it all up. Where there's to the kind of roughen out the edges." And I and I think that, you know, both this and both of Gillibands, you know, these, you know, if you think about pop punk, pop punk is very much kind of concerned with like, you know, I won't necessarily say end times, but like, shit is not sweet. Yeah, you know, sometimes a little bit more social political. A lot of it tends to be sociopolitical, but the idea basically, is shit is not sweet. So what I liked about fucking Dits is the idea of where hey, we're giving you all these post punk stuff, it's got clean singing, yada yada yada, but suddenly here's thirty seconds of this guitar dying. And I think that's a kind of a cool kind of like juxtaposition of their sounds. Girl band is definitely much more experimental. Um, they're called Girl Band. They're, this one is almost like they'll take like the guitar noise and almost chop it up. You know, there's a song where basically it begins and it's like, there's a buildup of a regular guitar tone that suddenly is that simple guitar noise shit. And then literally they put it in the background and the the lead singer starts doing like a spoken word on top of it. So it sounds like a meta commentary, like he's talking over the song or describing what's happening. But uh, I think what's cool about these records is the idea of where somebody listens to like heavy music you know, it's very easy to show up and be like, oh, I'm making scary shit, and we're growling, and, you know, I'm doing experimental music, here's me tapping on a tambourine, going to a fucking microphone. What's cool about these bands is that they're making rock music, mainstream, pure rock music, but are still able to find weird corners to make it sound uneasy. And yeah. I think that's kind of cool, because if we all know what's been happening, and I guess the irony is with that, um, with Gilliband calling their record Most Normal, You know, we're in a weird space of where shit looks normal, but it absolutely isn't. And I think these two records in the rock space kind of capture like, hey, things are not really going as planned. Even if it's not necessarily in pure theme, definitely in sound. So props to those two.
1: Word, word. We'll definitely check that out. Um, All right. So for me, I have Eleven Cali, the Let It Rain EP. So, Levin Cowley is, like, a really interesting person, it, or, like, so he makes, I. it's kind of what he, it, I'm trying to describe the music, it's definitely four to the floor, kind of disco-esque, kind of house-esque, um, very much, like, danceable music is kind of his thing, and, you know, he's been kind of doing this like, for a while, he has this, like, track Smile, which I really, really love. Um, it's very, you know, he grew up in California, so it's very kind of, like, if there's a dance party on the beach that was, like, cool and, like, you know, diverse, he's probably, like, the soundtrack for it. Um, and it's really interesting, too, because he, like, I put in my little riot peers, like, you know, like, oh, like, everybody's doing this thing now with Beyoncé and Drake and everybody else is trying to do this floor-to-floor music. I didn't realize he wrote, like, half the Beyoncé album.
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: So I'm like, oh, shit, well, it makes sense, right? Like, you know, Beyonce want, wants to capture that vibe. Levin Cali is the guy to kind of do that. Um, he also, like, uh, like he's wrote, written for, like, a lot of people, which is crazy. Um, Tinashe, Jasmine Sullivan, you know, Drake, you know. So um, he's been doing that in the background, but also releasing these really interesting EPs that are just, just you know, almost like dance, house, funk. Um, so this this EP is called Let It Rain, and I it's just, it's a vibe. You know, it's a definitely kind of, like, if you threw this on at the party, uh, interlace it with some Beyonce, interlace it with some of the other, like, kind of uh, up-tempo music that's coming out, it feels, fits right in. Um, it's definitely just very much like a almost just, I don't know, it's just, like, it's, it's up-tempo, it's bright, it's summer, it's Cal- California, etc., And and it's really dope music. And, you know, now that I know he wrote half the Beyonce album, it's a really good companion, I think, to Renaissance from Beyonce, like, kind of playing those back-to-back. Because it has, like, that same kind of, um, you know, that same vibe, you know. Um, He he wrote, like, Virgo's Groove, you know. He wrote Alien Superstar. And, like, I think now that I'm I'm realizing this, like, that's kind of what Levin Cowley's vibe is, so... Um, yeah, no. Props to him. Def, definitely check out the album. And like I said, like pair it with the Renaissance
0: album. I think you you'll really like it. Nice. I'm gonna give that a try. Shit. <laughs> um, speaking of the hip house, Leaky Lee 47 Shape Up. Um, we've been talking about uh, the return of more upward BPMs, danceable music. Um, Leaky Lee's been holding it down for a couple of years now. Um, just making really dope, just upbeat, danceable hip hop records. Um, this continues in the same vein. Me and Stone were talking, kind of talking off the record just a little bit before because it's like, she's got everything that we should have gotten. Like, there's no reason why she can't blow up because, you know, she's got a vibe here that sounds very current. You know, her, her beats are dope. Is, is, and it's like, and it's like it's her time now. And I feel like this record kind of came out and left and I think it's a shame. Because again, it's, it's just like, if we're talking about like, you know, in a year where Drake is doing house music, in the year of where Beyonce's doing house music, in the year of where everybody wants to dance, in the year where fucking goddamn Uzi Vert is <laughs> doing house club music now, quote-unquote, upbeat dance tracks. You know, she was doing this for the last, I'm, I'm thinking, five years, maybe? Yeah. As, as far as, and probably even longer before this, when it wasn't cool, you know what I'm saying? So... Again, it's a record I think we all kind of slept on. You know, I, I don't know why she doesn't get the props that she does. Maybe it's because, you know, with the with the face mask and everything else, a little bit more low-key. Maybe we want a little bit more flash from our, you know, artists. We want a little bit more, you know, aspirational, you know, they're out, out here in the in the helicopter living fabulous lives. But all she does is just make dope hip house tracks. And I think got to give it up to her. She, the street continues with this record.
1: Yeah, and I, this definitely kind of fell under the radar for me and I, I I didn't finish this album so I won't put it on any list yet but you know I really appreciate her as an artist I think that she's been doing um, you know just like like pushing the boundaries forward um, and rap for, for a while and you know she's very intentional about like covering her face and just being like this is a statement I want to make, make let my music kind of like you know represent me as opposed to like my face and like the whole gaze of it so um, you know like I, I really want her to win. I think you know, I saw her at Afropunk in like 2019, and it's just like, oh man, like she she like to me it's like she has all the all all the things there, so um definitely I will definitely check out this album for sure. um cool. all right, so for me i have a I have a twofer since so you throw out a twofer, I'll throw out another twofer um so, <laughs> so uh Planet Giza and IDK uh, and the reason I paired both of these together are that they both had EPs that were produced by Kate Trinada. And Kate Trinata is one of my favorite producers. And, you know, I, I will, he, you know, he didn't drop albums here. But, you know, I, it's almost like I can live through, like, it, it's almost like having a Kate Trinata album with these two albums. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so. Planet Giza is a group from Montreal. Um, definitely, again, along this kind of hip-hop-like realm, um, you know, kind of sped-up beats, k beats. Um, they actually get a little bit more melodic on this this album. Their last album was a little bit more throwback-y hip-hop, whereas this one, since it's k they kind of like sing a little bit more and kind of uh, incorporate a little bit more of that. Um, really interesting. Um, definitely check it out. But also IDK, a uh, rapper, I think, from Maryland, uh, PG County, uh, I think came up with, like, um, all those guys out there. Um, and I actually like this a little bit more. I think IDK has, like, some really cool uh, tracks on here. Like, Paris is a really, really dope track. And, again, it's, like, this really interesting melding of, you know, like, Katrina house beats, but also kind of, like, hip-hop, hip-hop like, lyricism, emceeing things like that and yeah it's it's like again it's another ep that i think i would just like throw in at the party you know because i think this is like uh it's a just a really interesting kind of like dance floor vibe like drugstore is a really cool like danceable track if you just want people to kind of go out dance relax um definitely throw those into the mix um and again you know we we didn't get a katrona album last year so if you if you need that that fix you know, you need to, like, you know, get that fixed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen to these two albums, <laughs> for
0: sure. Yeah, no, IDK, like I said, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's my favorite album, but as far as Kitchen album, Albums are concerned, it's definitely a great Kitchen out of EP. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so here's mine. So this is, a, this is going to be an interesting story. So, I saw a record, and the record had a face on it where it looked a little off. Basically, it's a woman with a headset, like almost like she's a quality from a call center. It's drawn, I think, in pencil or ink. And it looks like a chain link fang- fence from your phone, but if you look closer, it's hearts. And it's uh, by a group called Voice Actor. And so, you know, I saw it, I was, oh, that's interesting. And I kind of flipped through it. And then, so, I think it was Resident Advisor. I was going through a lot of DJ end, l- end of year lists, kind of flipping through. And I kept seeing that same record show up over and over again. So... What is this musical artist? Uh, basically most of the songs kinda of follow the same format. It's a it's a female voice, accent that could be French, talking in English, feels like almost like voicemails. It's usually like some music in behind it. You often like synth piano and it's kinda of almost hypnotic where it sounds like just like calls from the dispatch the album's call sent from my telephone and it kind of sounds like that per se um but it it's three and a half hours long <laughs> three and a half hours long it's got all these like and again it's like i'll say solid melodies but obviously very like you know maybe four or five notes she's talking about anything from her neighbor to like people watching and wondering if they're abusive to like saying it's a sunny day. So it's weird because, and I, and I kind of get it, because I was like, yo, why do DJs kind of love this? And it kind of makes sense because it's almost anti-music. I know they kind of follow under ambience, but there's nothing really ambient here. It kind of reminds me a little bit of what Burial was doing or sometimes like like with the with the voice and the little like almost ambient music on the bottom of it. Yeah. But what's funny is that this has more form though. So that's what's weird. It'd be one thing if it was pure ambient where it's just noises and somebody whispering on top. No, it sounds like somebody had a thousand and one voicemails and then somebody had like all these cr- these sketches of songs and just randomly put them together. Enough where at times probably even though it was like three hours long and it's hundred songs... Probably every 20 songs, you run into a genuine bop. There's a song, basically, that's like, there's a footwork beat, her singing on top of it, and it's just dope. There's another song where it's basically called, like, uh, it's called Feed Me Tracks, where it's again she's singing on top of it. It's a dope beat, melody. But then, like, again, the next 20 songs are all, like, dispatches from fucking The Rapture. (laughs) (laughs) And then where this album hit me was, I was like, all right, cool, bro. Three hours, I'm going to work through it, right? So I'm listening to it. I'm doing all my fucking day-to-day shit. Unfortunately, like a lot of other Christmas travelers, I was stuck outside of an airport waiting to pick up my wife and in a shady part of Queens, Not that shady. Not that scary. But, you know, a little dark, a little desolate. And I was scared shitless. Not because of the neighborhood, but because of the fucking album. Damn. (laughs) And the thing is, it's not even a scary album, but it's just so strange. Because it's just this foreign voice talking over to you. These notes under it. It's not like it's true crime. But something about it feels so off. And like I said, and I see why DJs like it. Because you got to figure that. You know, you're always... Dealing with music on a very high level, you know, BPMs, mixing, reacting to the crowd, these, this everything is really loud. Everything is really, really like intense. And then this is like a perfect palate cleanser. So it's almost like I recommend everybody give it a listen. I would say not listen to it all five hours, <laughs> but definitely give it a listen just to kind of get the vibe because I think it's very interesting musical work. And again, as you would expect, very mysterious. Nobody really knows who. They don't really do interviews from what I've seen. I don't really see any press about them. Like I said, it's just making up a lot of like weird year-end lists for people who are kind of a little bit more on the club side and more on the experimental side. And like I said, it's just a unique piece of work. So shout out to them, voice actor.
1: Wow. I, I, I'm so intrigued now. I will definitely press play after we, we finish recording.
0: <laughs> Bro, it's but... creepy, man. And it's not supposed to be creepy, but it sounds very... Bl- it's, like, it's like if they told me if it was AI creating this in some alternate universe, I would believe it.
1: I, you know I yeah it, it might be it, it actually might be that could be that could be interesting actually um it is a hundred and nine tracks um, so it officially wins the amigos award
0: <laughs> we're beating this algorithm we're beating you know. this algorithm
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness it, it is like the hard drive it is like the the voice notes on the phone it's all the things that are, are dumped into it but <laughs> But no, I, I will definitely, I will definitely check this out because I'm like, I'm always, um, you know, just I always want to hear like people who are flipping the script on music, and you know, there's a lot of things now that there's so much music that everybody kind of sounds the same. So anything that's unique, it's a unique approach. Um, it's definitely going to be uh, something that should be rewarded. So I will definitely press, press play on this, um, but my, my goodness, it, it's going to take. I mean, to get me to get to the Scissor album took me like three days. So this is going to be the whole month of January. Like
0: it's it's and like I said, it's it's and it's not eerie per se, but definitely play this with the lights on. It's, it, gets, it gets very weird.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, all right, so I I have another one. Uh, I have two, but. You'll have another one, so I could I could I could strike one.
0: Oh, but the, the last one is for both of us, I think. The okay, All right. All talk right. about. All right. cool, yeah. cool,
1: cool. All right, so I'll, I'll talk about Orion Sun really quickly. Um, really cool artist. Uh, I think she's a Philly. Um, kind of, I would say the way I described it is like it it sits in pretty nice between Steve Lacy and and. Um, sorry, between SZA and, and Steve Lacey in a lot of ways, um, kind of, like, a lot of aspects of R&B, a lot of aspects of, like, you know, what you would kind of quote-unquote expect in black music, but done in a way that's very grungy, very kind of, like, lo-fi, very kind of garagey, um, you know, asp- atmospherically, which I think is really interesting. Um, and I, I think there's just, like, a lot of kind of really interesting, you know, black artists that are kind of playing in this world, like our, our little parks and like Vagabond and, you know, just kind of like making, I don't know, like I, I would say it's like indie rock art, R&B, you know, in a weird way. Um And I, I really kind of like this, uh this EP. And I'm really kind of interested, interested to kind of see where she goes with this. Cause again, it's like, it's kind of really interesting. A really interesting style. It's definitely not Steve Lacey. It's definitely a little bit like Steve Lacey can make some pop bops if he really wants to. Uh, whereas I think this one is uh, Orion Sun's a little bit more experimental. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a cool listen and it's definitely something that I've been going back to a few times this year. So,
0: yeah, no. And then uh, I guess I'll start this one off Coco and Claire Claire. Yes. My girls, my uh, daughters. Somewhere there's a timeline where the sign parties are still going on, where the four locals still flow, where Diplo isn't an ass hat, where Mia isn't an anti-vaccine truther hanging out with Candace Owens, where Kanye is sane. There's a place where you can still pay rent in Williamsburg that's only a thousand dollars, where you can live with twenty of your best friends, where beer and a shot is still four bucks. There's a there's a place out there, a universe, where the world is going in the right direction. And that's the universe that Coco and Claire Claire come from. Preach. <laughs> I mean, end of the day, what's cool about Coco and Claire Claire is that it's unbothered. It's it's um basically two best friends, Atlanta Bay, started making beats and garage band, making silly songs. It's 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 the place of where you get it to easily. You know, you and your girlfriend show up and yeah. you know maybe do a little, maybe smoke a little reefer, maybe date a cool guy. You know, it's what's kind of fascinating is, and I think this is an interesting way to kind of end the end the podcast. Is all right. So we've been talking a lot about underrated records, but there's always been a specter of what's been happening the last couple of years. You know, when we eventually talk about Beyonce, you know, on our top tens, it'll always be like, hey, that she's making triumphant music. Because we've definitely had a a shitty couple of years and we kind of needed. We were talking about the idea of BPMs and hip house and how, you know, we want to dance. We want to kind of go out there because things are kind of in this strange place. And I think what's kind of fascinating about Cocoa and Claire Claire is it is the definition of unbothered. Yeah. Yeah. The party has never stopped. They've always been cool bitches at the bar that all the other girls want to be like. And there's something almost naively cute about that where... Even though, obviously, they themselves would admit it's just a joke, then it's kind of messing around. It's kind of cool having this pure music, whereas it's just pure. It's like, you know, they're, they'll readily admit they aren't the greatest musicians. They are not the greatest singers. You know, these aren't songs that'll get covered like 40 or 50 years from now, but it's just generally music that's created from like the creative brain part of it, where, you know, Stone overthink thinks shit, make a little cheesy beats. Going with your friends, they kind of make it, and also ready for this tone. Art school duo, what? <laughs> of course, of course. Art schools are, are. Oh man,
1: like art schools are coming back, dude. Like There's all you, to,
0: all you need to, even though they've paid fifty thousand dollars for a degree in clay, you get two of them in a room for MPC an and a mic. You'll have, <laughs> you'll sell <laughs> a thousand hipster records, man. <laughs> Fuck all that formal art training. <laughs> all, all they need is an acoustic guitar and a producer.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, this is I, this might make my top ten. And I think it's kind of weird for me just because I don't think it's it's, like, the best musical album of the year, you know? <laughs> but I think it's for nostalgic reasons, right? It's definitely a throwback, as you said, to, like, you know, the 2008 blog era like the kid sister afi amanda blank like you know just again it's just like it, it feels very punk rock in a way because it is like you know basically like unperturbed right it's kind of like we generally don't care how you feel about us we're just going to do our thing and i think i don't know i haven't like i i just feel like with recording artists now, it's like, it's so fixated on image and like how I'm better than you and how I'm, you know, whatever they kind of are are, are saying the same things. Like we are better than you, but we just don't even think about you. Yes. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like Nicki Minaj is better than half the female rappers that are out here. But, and she thinks about them all the time. It consumes her. (laughs) You know, Coco and Claire Claire is like, yes, we are better than you. We have more swag. We literally don't know who you are. Like, what is your name? You know? And I, I think, like, that that vibe is really cool. But, yeah, like, the beats are very much, like, it's kind of crazy. I was just talking to a friend about this. I was like, you know, that 2008 to 2012, 2013, like, blog era, it's going to be the new vintage soon. Right, you're going to have people sampling from those artists, and you're going to have 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 people revisiting those sounds in like ten years. And again, it's one of my favorite times of music. That's kind of like not where I grew up, but like grew up like musically in a lot of ways. And you know, we're in the middle of it, so it was just like very nostalgic, very throwback. You know, take me back to like Baltimore, Baltimore and Philly. Uh, like where's that spot in Philly? I forgot The, the Mausoleum, I think, in Philly. You know, like the parties in Williamsburg, you know, again, yeah, when Williamsburg was affordable, you know, like, the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just crashing on people's floors and stuff like that. It takes me back Glass to that.
0: Glasslands, yeah, all those venues. Yeah,
1: like it just takes me back to that era. And, you know, I, I don't know, man, I'm getting an old man. So I'm like to, to see these kids kind of embrace that is really cool. Uh, but I do think they actually have some production chops. And I, I do think like, uh, like if they really... You know, as they grow, I I could see them being like like full fledged dope producers as well. Um, so I, I definitely will keep uh, my oh, sorry keep tabs on you, <laughs> keep tabs on them. <laughs> I, it just sounds wrong, right? Because it's just like oh, I'm gonna follow Creepy. you, You know, Coco Claire Claire. I'm definitely gonna follow their career I I think I think they're it's just like very unique what they're doing in music, and you know, music needs this. So.
0: Yeah, no, it's, and going back to the ideas, it's like, it's very punk rock and it's punk rock in the way it's where it's unbothered, where, you know, definitely in the SoundCloud era, you know, definitely in the way where it borrows so low, you definitely have bands out there. Or like, going to go out there and just, you know, put this shit together sloppily and upload it and, you know, have a video that's filled in an iPhone and, you know, and all that is really good and all that is good and great. But what I love about Coco and Claire Claire is the idea of where, and like you said, it's like, they're really unbothered. There's still a certain level of cosplay there. There's still a certain level of like, oh, you know, I'm, I have the face tasks put in a certain way. I'm doing the rap battle in front of the fucking car, the, the graffiti mural in the background. Oh, we're a scuzzy band dressed in tight pants and leather jackets like it's the 70s. This is kind of like Coco and Claire Claire are just in their own world where, you know, they're concerned about, you know, the cute guys they want to date, getting into the club, dancing and dealing with petty bitches that are envious. And it's it's something where it's pure about that, where even though obviously <laughs> I am not necessarily the audience for it, <laughs> the last time I had to worry about a petty bitch stealing my band was <laughs> maybe high school. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but it's just the idea of where it's pure. And I, and I think that's kind of cool about it is the idea of where, and in general, I think any creative knows it. In, any writer, artist, musician, a lot of it is kind of trying to find that that young brain, that almost childlike brain of kind of, you know, where things are kind of born there. And what's cool about Coco and Claire Claire is where they may not be making radiohead-level music. They may not be hitting you cantic Kendrick Lamar-level bars, but it is just fun and effortless. And I think that what's cool about it is that, even now, like and like I pointed out for for Beyonce, whereas the idea of just to kind of push back against the negativity, get, put, try, trying to give the ballroom scene their flowers, whereas Drake, where he sees the, the way the tides coming, he's trying to hop on the fucking trends of you know you know basically like brunch house, where it's Uzi Vert who's just like, hey, you know, I'm always my ears are always in in the in the air regarding production, so I hear Jersey Club is popping, so I'm gonna hop on a Jersey Club beats. You know, they're just like you know, like I said, I imagine the recording session. This is them smoking some weed. Somebody buys a bottle of wine. Microphones are set up, and they're in somebody's living room, and they fucking knock out fucking two or three tracks a night. And I, and I think that's that's really that'd be funny. Like, that's part of the essence. Like yeah. you know, we kind of forget the idea of where you know when these jazz cats are on stage murdering it. Like, you know, after a thousands, thousand times of hours of practice, like that's that same lizard brain that tapping in as Coco and Claire Claire. It's like, you know, there aren't their thinking crazy scales. They're like, ah oh, shit, that was dope line, let me follow that shit up. You know what I'm saying? And and that's what's kinda cool about it, where in it in it being so non professional, oddly enough it comes back to being professional. Yeah. So shouts to Coco and Claire Claire, you know what I'm saying? The the, the Kirk <laughs> of modern music. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to. I couldn't think of somebody else. I was like Kirk Cobain. Who else? I was gonna say Biggie, Tupac. That feel a little cliche. I don't know. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. It's just like it's cool to kind of see people bring it back to the essence or make it fun. Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> All right. And then, uh, that's it. So I have one last shout out. Um, uh, we kind of began the podcast talking about people who've passed away. There's also one other death that happened yesterday. Uh, Pointer Sisters, Anita, lead singer on a lot of their big hits. Um, She also passed away. I know a lot of people know them from their 80s work. I will say this much. Definitely, and I know everybody's going to kind of give the condolences, definitely go back to their 70s shit. I will say on the low, I kind of went down a rabbit hole in the summer and there's a lot of great records that kind of dropped there to the point of where there was one record I was trying to sample for like three weeks I was blowing that bitch up into Ableton and I could just, just could not get the chop rights. It was killing me. But uh, at the end of the day, there's, there are bands where I think their 80s work has kind of overshadowed the body of work that they have. So there's definitely a lot of dope stuff. So I know that, you know, people going to kind of jump, go to a lot of the, the 80s records where they kind of made them famous, but definitely check out the 70s stuff. There's a lot of, lot of dope shit.
1: Yeah. Uh, apparently, I'm just looking at the, at the Wikipedia. They wrote a country song. Uh, in 1973 and you know, they the first female black group to to perform at the grand O opry in nashville so oh shit, yeah no they had you know it's, they, yeah yeah you know, here
0: they had <laughs> bruh there's there, there's one there's a there's a chick on the side this is bruh it's the song should not be that funny about some side chick it's for, like, 20, 20, no, 20, like, more like two minutes after the 20. But, like, it's just this dope funk song. And then the song starts. It's also Sly and the Family Stone shit. Just superb funk. And it's, like, they kind of hit harder. They're definitely underrated. Like, like that, And I get it. Because, you know, that they, they, they kind of had the 80s pop crossover r b shit or for fucking Iron grip. But the 70s work, mwah, be- beautiful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah but uh but that's it for us next time we meet we'll be talking about the top 10 records of the year i know you all waiting i know you haven't seen any other lists besides ours i we're the first ones to do it the first ones it originated this concept you know we're what not late. You're late we're not we're not late at all you know what i'm saying <laughs> Ah, but as usual, we love y'all. I know we kind of began on a bad note, ended on a bad note, but we want to end on a hopeful one. Hug your loved ones, go out there, live life, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace.
1: Peace.